This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, the opinions expressed on the upcoming show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California, nor the management of K- KUCI. Uh, today we're going to be f- uh, continuing our uh, look at the UC uh, pay cut plans and have more uh, members of unions uh, on our show. A few weeks ago we had the president of UCAFT, which represents librarians and lecturers in the UC system, uh, talking about the pro- then proposed cuts. And in fact, uh, even though the regents uh, announced their plan, imposed the plan last week, uh, unionized workers are not subject to the plan unless the university negotiates with them on it. So it doesn't apply until the university uh, negotiates. And some faculty are actually saying, how come um, we're not in a union? <laughs> some of the tenured faculty. And they had rejected uh, UCAFT unionization plan back in about decades ago. And um, actually, a f- the person, a f- history professor who later became dean, uh, was actually the union organizer then. Uh, but unfortunately, they had rejected that. But today, in our studio, we have Juan Castillo from AFSME, local here at UC, uh, in the UCs, and Diane Saha from Q, local, and also a negotiator uh, who has just come back from negotiating. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Juan, you uh, were at the town hall meeting last uh, Thursday, and uh, you tried to ask a question of uh, the chancellor. And by the way, that town hall audio is online. If you go to the Subversity website at kci.org slash subversity and click on this week, and there's a link to uh, the town hall meeting under the program for today. Um, you asked, uh, you tried to ask the question of Chancellor Drake. Uh, what was his response? Well, the question that I had for Chancellor Drake was uh, on the direction of um, asking him um, why President Yudolf was putting the burden on on the uh, workers. Um, And as recent as uh, March 2009, the uh, Moody Investment Service Global Credit um, uh, Research Company. Uh, this is a company that uh, do economical in, uh, analysis of big companies. They did one on UC on U, the UC system, and their conclusion was that uh, the University of California is uh, financially healthy enough um, to be able to withhold any reduction and deal with uh, even the most dramatic short-term reduction um, from state support. And we know that they have a reserve of $4.5 billion that can be used specifically for this kind of emergencies. Um, and what the, what the state is trying to cut off is about $800 million. So if they have $4.5 billion, they have enough to be able to surpass this without having to put the burden on, on the workers. But Chancellor De, uh, Drake um, basically dodged the questions saying that, oh, there are different reserves that are used for a specific um, um, issues. And uh, um, in reality, these funds that we're talking about are uh, unrestricted. They can use it as they want to, but they prefer to put the border on the worker. 
he uh, also uh, was kind of stymied when you first asked the question, right? He he didn't really want to when he when you said you were a union um, representative. What did he say? Well, in reality, he recognized me uh, right at this part, and he probably thought that I wasn't going to ask the question, but to make an statement. So. He told me that um, we were not negotiating and that uh, he will prefer that, w that I ask a question and not to make a statement. And I told him that I wasn't there to negotiate. This is, that, that wasn't the forum for a negotiation, and I'm not prepared to negotiate with him. I was there because as a union rep, I am um, interested to know uh, what is his positions and the university management positions on this issue. And so I was just going to ask the question. And you said that you wanted to put things in context. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, I had something on my notebook that I wanted to uh, be more coherent, and that's why he thought that I was going to do uh, a, a statement. But basically my question was what I just said. You know, why President Eurofo dis decided to put the burden on the worker and not use the reserve? She, uh, he made a big point that uh, the staff association, the staff assembly uh, leaders supported his plan, or Udolf's plan, and also the um, the region, uh, the student region supported it. Mm -hmm. And not the incoming region, who is Jesse Chang, but the others, current student region, who is uh, uh, another Jesse. And, uh, but it turns out that actually the faculty senates around the UC have been opposed to this plan. They've written him letters, or written Udolf letters. And so he wasn't very clear about that. He, of course, never mentioned the opposition. Yes, uh, um, I think everybody is opposed. And at the beginning, I, I think that uh, there is a confusion here because uh, even though we know and we understand very well there is an economical crisis in um, the nation, and specifically in the California budget, that doesn't necessarily mean that there is a crisis at the UC system because we know that the UC system is healthy enough to be able to overcome any of these uh, problems. But I think that um, President Yurov is taking advantage of this situation to um, put the burden on the workers and, you know, people um, that do not know that they are economically healthy, they think that the, uh, the um, state or the nation economical crisis is actually affecting uh, the, uh, the UC. And I'm not saying that it's not affecting it. It is. But they have the fund to be able to um, overpass the situation without having to charge the workers for it. What do you think uh, should be done? You know, at the picket uh, on Wednesday that uh, both of you participated in outside the library, the outside Langston Library, the uh, some of the signs said uh, uh, fire Udolf or, or lay off Udolf or whatever. Udolf. Lay off Udolf, yes. I guess. Uh, do you want him to go, or did he mess up? No, um, I mean, I don't think that uh, the purpose of the actions are to lay off uh, President Yurov, but I think that the bottom line of the message is that um, within the university there are priorities, and it seems like uh, executives are a priority for the university and not the workers. And uh, oh, uh, there are 
uh, a big group of uh, executives that were higher on a 22 percent more than the the um, previous executives and mm. we think that you know if um, if they want to use uh, a good judgment on uh, how they are going to face this and what kind of cutbacks they want to do I think that the people that um, are making more money they 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 can cut off to them um, for example, if they cut off a 15% on those uh, people who make over $200,000, right, there is going to be about $300 million that can be used uh, for, for, uh, in order to ease off the, the budget crisis. Um, but in reality, they don't even need to do that. But what we are saying is that if there is uh, a, a need to do cutbacks, they, they need to stop on the top not on the bottom. The, uh, um, they did say that a hundred, uh, uh, I mean, uh, um, Drake did say, Chancellor Drake did say that about a hundred people were laid off at UC Irvine in the past year, I guess. Um, were any of those in your unions? Yes. Diane? Yes, yeah. we've had uh, probably a dozen of them this right. last year. In Irvine? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Oh. The, um, and you just came back from a negotiating session uh, yes. Was that pre-scheduled or was that because of this uh, crisis? No, it was pre-scheduled, and we were up at UC Davis uh, bargaining. We had set these dates long ago, as though the timing just happened to work around the Regents' meeting. So the salary was an opener or something on the contract, or what was the... Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um, UC had given us a wage proposal and given us till the end of June. They gave us actually a packaged proposal and with very meager uh, uh, pay increases. Um, and they gave us till June 30th to accept the entire package. And then five days before June 30th, when Udoff made his announcement, they sent us a letter withdrawing their wage proposal. So I think they withdrew all the wage proposals from all the unions, from what I understand, if they had anything on the table. Uh, you guys were already negotiated. Uh, so... I'm not quite sure why they didn't just wait for it to expire on June 30th, but they had to uh, withdraw. They think they were offering us 3% for uh, people making um, up to 30000 mm. which is nothing. And mm. then up to 40000 you you would get, um, if you made over 40000 you'd only get 1%. Yeah, so, 1% doesn't yeah, even yeah. get you a cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. So we weren't going to accept their the package anyways, but uh, it was interesting that they would withdraw it like that. Uh, and just following up on what uh, Juan just said, yeah, UC does have a double A bond rating, and in their 198 accountability report that just came out, they said that they are a um, solid, well-performing organization. So uh, UC can weather this storm, and they do have that money. And, you know, we would prefer they take it from the top. Udoff makes over $800,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, a million. Wow, we can get it all from him. Almost a million. Right. Yeah, close to a million. Uh, over a million, if you count, um, he's getting lots of supplemental retirement um, bonuses. He got uh, $228,000 for 2008 supplemental into the retirement. He got a huge moving expenses. He doesn't pay rent. He's living in a million-dollar mansion that we pay for right now while the chancellor's house is being remodeled. Hmm. He gets $8,000 a month for transportation. 
uh, and, and it's not just him. Uh, like Juan said, a lot of the executives are getting this. They paid out $390 million in bonuses last year, and they're set to approve more executive bonuses again for this year, which is just preposterous in light of uh, this, this crisis that they're saying. Um, they, at the Regents' meeting, they called it an extreme financial emergency. Well, show it to us. Let, open the books. Let us see it. Where is it? Mm. Because the hospitals are making money hand over fist. I think they could redirect some of those that money to the campuses. Uh, their their grants. I mean, UCLA just um, got NIH grants for 966 million so far this year. That's only six months of the year, and that's just one campus. So the money is flowing in to the campus. Um, I think UC needs to get back to their mission, which is supposed to be research first, then education, then public service, and they're really going to ruin our research, this institution as a research, um, by having furloughing faculty, canceling ca- classes, the um, student fees going up, you can't afford to come here. Um, I think they need to get their um, priorities straight. Um, you know, they say, oh, we have to pay the executives high money to compete with other institutions. They're competing with private institutions. This is a public institution, and the regents need to run it like a public institution, not a private institution. Uh, so I just think that their priorities need to be um, to, to be reorganized. I think it is a failure of Udoff. I think um, he, he's, not a, he's not a very good administrator, and neither are the regents, because they c- could um, come up with a better plan without touching the people who are... I mean, we're 25% below market wages as it is right now. Most of the staff are. And for us to take yeah. a, a 4%, 5%, 6% pay cut is huge. People are going to be losing their houses, their car payments. I mean, how are they going to survive, you know, just monthly bills? For sure. Mm-hmm. The, um, the university seems to be, um, you know, saying that there is, um, that they're going to take a 10% cut, right? The big administrators, the top people. Yes. You don't think that's enough? Uh, no, 10% isn't enough. You know, it's like when they took the 5% cut, just, just before this Regents meeting, they gave them all, themselves a 5% cut. I think it was because they were, were speaking it to the state budget, They were and they wanted to be able to say, oh, well, we took this cut. Well, somebody making over $500,000 who takes a 5% pay cut is still going to be making over $500,000 a year. And, I mean, they make more in a, a month than some of our people make in a whole year, or maybe even two. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's, it's not enough. And they, they could cut the top, there's 3,000 top executives, they could cut 15% and get their, their, their $200 million without touching uh, the staff. And I think they... Um, don't realize how much the staff keep this place going and, and running, and uh, we're just undervalued, and, and so are the faculty as well. Uh, Diane, uh, you were just at this uh, Q meeting, not UPTI, a Q uh, negotiating meeting. Yes. Uh, and um, what happened? Did they make a proposal on, on these uh, plans yet? Uh, they said that they did not have a proposal for us, but they answered some questions for us. They said that um, there are guidelines supposed to be coming out this week, I, I think later today, from UCOP, uh, kind of like the voluntary separation program, and then each campus is supposed to figure out how to implement these guidelines. But the one interesting thing that they said was that the furlough days are paid days. What? They're paid days. It doesn't make sense, because if you're trying to save money... Um, so you're saying that because they're cutting the pay already every month under this plan, 
Uh, the proposed plan is to cut somebody every month. Yes. So you'll have, like, if you're taking a 4% pay cut, you're going to get the $120 cut off of your monthly salary each month. But you will get a corresponding 11 days of furlough. And I think the days, you know, the, the days gra- are, are graded from 10 days up to 24 days, depending on the percentage cut. And I think those furlough days are going to be uh, more or less equal to the amount of pay cut. So they told us it was to ease the pain of the pay cut. So the furlough days would be paid. So you, you would still get a pay cut, but you could. So it's because I read somewhere that they were just going to add the days to the the number of hours to the vacation bank, which implies it's paid. Right. Because otherwise, how are they going to separate it out? Exactly. Um, and then just like start, we are supposed to accrue at 100 percent um, into our retirement, vacation, and sick leave accruals, which is you know a, a liability on the um, retirement plan, which. Nobody's talking about. You know, we're, we're not going to be working 100%, yet we're going to get 100% from our retirement. So, and the same with START. That's a liability on, uh, with START program was a liability on the UCRP. But uh, they didn't talk about that. That's something they, they just sort of avoid. But they're uh, going to credit you as if you didn't take, didn't yeah, take a cut, right? I right. Mean, they're they're going to credit you 100%, yeah. Right. But then that money isn't really going, that 100% of that money is not going into the UCRP. So there is a bit of a liability on that. Uh, but the, 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 that was just a shock to us to learn that the, the furlough days were paid. Because like, we were like, what? That doesn't make sense. That's not what we've heard all along. You know? And they said it's not like the state because the, the state workers, their furlough days are not paid. So, if, um, so to get you on this again, uh, does it mean that, I guess it because you're already getting a pay cut, then the days are actually separate from, they just don't want you to be on campus. Right. Like some departments may choose to close, um, depending on what they are. They might, you know, close the entire week of Thanksgiving, but then everybody right. would get paid or something like that. It depends on, you know, how each campus and each tar- department is going to implement the guidelines that are supposed to come out later today. As a tenured faculty are talking about maybe closing uh, or not teaching the 10th week to show, mm-hmm. the, because they want to show the students that there's an impact. Because if they take off on the 11th week or the 12th week or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the end of the semester, end of the quarter or semester, then uh, there's no impact to right. the students. Uh, so they want to show that, you know, if they're going to suffer something, they sh- the, everybody should know what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I mean, the poor students, you know, their fees have gone up 9.3% this year, yet they're going to be getting less services for that, that amount of money, yeah. you know. The more crowded classrooms. Uh, one professor was saying, what are we going to do, go online like University of Phoenix and get rid of the faculty altogether? I mean, I don't know what UC has in mind, but um, there's it a seems commission. like they're, they're, they're straying away from their mission. Yeah, there's a commission to study the future of uh, the UC system, and one of the um, proposals being tossed about, which is a kind of extreme proposal, uh, some... Uh, department heads at UC San Diego have written a letter proposing that um, the university focus on its research mission and uh, close certain campuses, like uh, Merced. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we just got them off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Merced, uh, uh, Riverside, and Santa Cruz. And right. Because they, you know, I mean, for you know, obvious reasons, they want to close it. And they, they just they want to bring in the money like the hospitals do, and get defense contracts and all this stuff. Um, so, of course, that's I mean, that goes back to the Salmon plan, I believe, uh, where it was actually to focus on UC as a research institution, 
and um, let people go to Cal State's uh, for their undergrad and um, just focus on um, the graduate students here. Right. Well, I heard Cal State's have canceled their freshman class this year. No, they canceled the enrollment in uh, other than the fall. Okay. So the uh, the spring and other enrollments have been canceled. Right. So right. if so they the, can't come here, they can't go there either. <laughs> and community colleges are getting cut back, although they just got some stimulus money from Obama. Uh, I believe they there was something on over the weekend uh, on Friday or Thursday. We should be getting some also. Um, one of the things that um, Garamendi, who did the only one who region, right, um, who did vote up, against yeah. um, the furlough pay cut plan, is um, the AB nine. Um, 56, which is the oil extraction tax. Uh, We are the only state in the nation that does not tax the oil companies for extracting oil in our state. And that could bring in a billion dollars a year, and it's all earmarked for higher education. So it would go to UC, Cal States, and community colleges. And that could solve the problem just like that. Yeah, he he said that. Why not? Don't you support this? But the region said, oh, we have to study this. And so they didn't take a stand on on that bill. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he, he was the only one to oppose the plan. Yes. He voted against it. Yeah, and good for him. Yeah. Um, do you see what... So if if they're going to say just pay cut and not, um, not uh, unpaid uh, leave, do you think that's more, more tenable? Well, I think most people, um, the comments um, that we've heard, we have um, a blog, um, qunion.blogspot.com. If you can go there and add a comment or read the comments that are there. And and many of the people were preferring the furloughs over the pay cuts because they were thinking, um, if I'm not going to get paid, then I don't want to work 100% and not get paid 100%, so I'd rather have the time off. So considering that that, that these are paid days off, you know, it may be more palatable to those people who made those com- kind of comments. Uh, I'm not quite sure um, that the percentages are equal and fair. Um, originally, it was people, we get a 4% cut if you were 46000 and under, and now that's changed. Um, it's only 40000 gets 4%, and then from 40 to 46 is 5%, and then above 46, mm. it's, it's 6% going up the scale like that. So... Uh, they increased the percentage for the, the lowest paid workers, which, again, um, like like uh, Juan said, they're trying to take it on the backs of the lowest paid workers. And we're the ones who are barely making it from day to day. So that's why we're saying chop from the top. So you would be more um, favorable to something that cuts a higher percentage of people making over 100000 say. Mm-hmm. Or um, even 200000 Yeah. 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 Because uh, there's a lot of people making that much, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. plenty of them. And, and they could manage easily with, you know, 10, 15% pay cut. Yes, for sure. Yeah. The, um, do you feel that these plans or these proposals, I mean, some people say that it's, not, it's misleading to focus on pay cuts because the, re- the real issue is really where the university is going. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, a, that's behind true. this all, uh, behind all this stuff is really how the university is uh, going, where it's going, and is it really keeping its commitment to serve the, the people of California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one t- one uh, talk I hear now is that they want to add more foreign students um, because uh, they bring in, you know, I know an undergrad, uh, a foreign student, the fees are like $30,000. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's a, as high as a private school. And wow. UC takes in, 
probably more, uh, I mean, the income from the, the state actually funds very little of the UC at this point. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, mostly other money. Right, yes. which is why this, the state has a crisis. We know that. But UC does not because they do get very little of their money from the state. Uh, I think it's less than 3% of their total general budget. The fund is coming from the state that's being cut. This cut from the state. It's, it's, it's less than 3% of their general fund. So uh, it, it doesn't warrant this um, extreme fiscal emergency that they declared at the Regents meeting last week. So um, in terms of your negotiations, what's next? Uh, well, they, um, yes, we're scheduled again to bargain um, at LBNL next. Uh, the Lawrence 20- Berkeley Lab. Mm-hmm, the 28th and 29th. And they said they would have a proposal for us about the furlough and pay cuts. Uh, they were waiting for these guidelines that are supposed to be coming out. And they told us that, um, see, less than uh, 30% of Q is funded by the state. So they told us that they need... Um, which is only about 165 mm. million of our total payroll. So they said they need us to cut four to six percent of that state-funded uh, amount, the 165 million. And they said if you have another plan, um, we're all open ears. So we're all going to be very creative this week and think of something to bring to the table when we go to LBNL, and as well as see what they have to say. Do they uh, are they threatening layoffs, or have they said that? Well, Yudoff did. Um, You know, he did. He definitely threatened when he said the unions need to get on board with this or there will be more layoffs. And I thought that was a direct threat in almost, you know, reaching the the point of bad faith bargaining because it's like either take this or else, you know. And and I I really didn't uh, think that was appropriate for him to do. But, uh, you know, uh, the people... Sounded like that, yeah. Yeah. but we're um, looking forward to um, meeting with them again at LBNL um, and seeing what they what kind of proposal they have and and seeing what we can you know come up with to counter what kind of ideas we can think of uh, to cut four to six percent of 165 million for Q folks. Uh, none of those. Uh, none of your members are funded by grants. Uh, there are some. There yes. are some. Yeah, there are okay. some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they technically are not subject if they're 100% funded by grants. Right, exactly. Those people, don't, those people wouldn't, you know. So that's why it's not a clear gray line for everybody to be cut like this. You know, there's yeah, so many different funds yeah. and different resources that UC has. For him just to do it across the board really isn't fair. Yeah, she said, he said share the pain, and uh, Drake said that too. And mm-hmm. um, some people yeah. actually don't have to share the pain. Right, right, exactly. And, and then they said the furlough days being paid is to ease the pain. <laughs> so. um, there is something that I want to add uh, yeah, to this that, um, you know, we, we are talking about how this uh, is affecting uh, the workers here at UCI, but also there are side effects of this on, on the patients at the hospitals because uh, when you are going to do furlough, furloughs, um, the quality of the patient care is going to go down. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how the university is going to deal with this because they take a lot of pride of um, being uh, one of the best hospitals in the nation. And uh, at the same time, uh, with this plan, this is going to go really, really low. Uh, not only that, but also the the, the students, right? Mm-hmm. They are going to um, increase the tuition to the students, but at the same time, 
they are going to lower the quality of the service for the students because if they are going to do furloughs and pay cuts, you know, the, the quality of the service are going to go down. Mm-hmm. So I heard those uh, are side effects. Yeah, definitely. I heard uh, classes are being cut, and so they won't be able to sign up for classes they want. It would take longer. It's already taking five years for undergrads to graduate. Mm-hmm. It may take six years. And uh, uh, it, it's you know. going to decrease our competition with other campuses as well. You know, faculty are going to leave for higher salaries in other institutions. Yeah, they already have, mm-hmm. and so they're going to yeah. continue to. Yeah, the uh, you mentioned the hospital care, and uh, yesterday, I mean on Thursday, Drake did make a joke about that, saying that in the middle of surgery, he's not going to stop. You know, you know, doing something, <laughs> and uh, he's a doctor, right? Mm-hmm, and so. Right. Uh, he he said he would finish, you know, the, the, the surgery. I suppose. <laughs> well, that's good. Or thing. finish the operation, whatever he was talking about. And uh, you know, but if there's not enough staff around, you know, if there are not enough nurses, if there are not enough, you know, he, they're saying that they have to keep the, you know, there's some people are going to be exempt. So are they going to exempt all nurses? Are they going to exempt all emergency personnel or whatever? I, I did hear that the hospitals, that some of the wor- workers were going to be exempt from that. I don't know if it's nurses or not. Yeah. Um, we had a meeting last week on Monday as a coalition with uh, uh, CEO uh, Terry Belmont. And um, in reality, he told us that uh, he still doesn't have a local plan how this is going to be addressed. And um, he, you know, we understand that it is difficult for the for the CEO because uh, it's not something that he want to do. He knows that the quality of the of the uh, patient care is going to go lower, and he wants to have a lower impact there. Uh, but um, because the the regent had not met yet, um, he didn't know exactly how they are going to uh, address this situation. So we are still waiting uh, for him to come out with a plan. But we cannot. We can just uh, been. Uh, we can just hear rumors of what they are going to do, but. There is not a, a specific plan yet. Mm-hmm. We are waiting for uh, them to have a final plan, um, and and then we can, you know, talk about it. Yeah. Because a lot of the doctors they are funded by grants, right? Their mm-hmm. base pay is something, and then their higher pay. But the at the meeting they were saying that the pay cut is based on your base pay, which is actually much lower right. than the the money they do take in. But uh, Drake did say that for the for those people in the medical centers. He seemed to think, argue that that they would have to come up with the money if they don't get it from the pay cuts. Uh, there's going to be a town hall meeting at the medical center on the 24th right, with right. Paul mm-hmm. Kronheim. That so I think maybe more things will be revealed then as these right. guidelines come out from UCOP and people figure out how they're going to implement them locally. So I, I think uh, Drake's uh, thinking at, at at the meeting seemed to be that um, there would be a certain amount that they have to cut. And it, either they do it through pay cuts, but if they can't, they have to cut something else. Right. So in so theory, start cutting services, then. Yeah. You know. And yeah. So. So the, the uh, so you but overall you you you're laying the blame. Are you laying the blame on the on on UDOF or are you laying it laying it on the legislature? I I think that President Yudof is uh, responsible. Uh, yeah. I mean, we um, we know that uh, economically they are healthy enough to 
you know, uh, take this uh, budget crisis. But um, his plan, I mean, he is the one who is coming out with the plan. And I don't mm -hmm. think it is uh, um, just the legislators. I think it is him, the one is coming with the plan. Um, I think that he is the one who established the priorities here at the at the UC systems. Um, and uh, um, that's why our fight is... Uh, um, to try to address the priorities and um, use the funds that they have and so to lower the impact in the patients, um, the impact on the students and on the workers too. Yeah, I, I think it falls squarely on UDOF you know, and the regions. Uh, they have actually upset, you know, the legislators are mad at, at the regions actually at this point because of that executive pay scandal last year, and sure. then they went ahead and, and issued more. Uh, so they're saying, you know, you obviously have plenty of money here, you know, so don't come crying to us. Uh, and, you know, there's lots of legislation out there. There's another bill to rein in the regions so that they won't be autonomous anymore, that they will have some um, legislative control. And, you know, that may be a good thing. But uh, like, like Juan said, it was Udoff's plan. He's the one who's pushing this forward, and the regions are going along with him. There are other options. And it's just um, unconscionable for him to take it out of the bottom workers when there's so many other um, creative ways that um, they, they could... Um, you know, meet their budget shortfall w without hurting any of the staff or the services at all. Uh, you're t listening to Sophistry on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and online uh, at uh, KUCI.org where we're simulcasting this show. And later on, we'll be putting it on uh, podcasts and you can get it at the iTunes shop for free downloads uh, also, as well as on the Sophistry homepage at KUCI.org slash Subversity. This is Dan Sang, the host. Um, I wanted to explore more about this whole uh, issue that Drake mentioned that um, these reserve funds are, are restricted and you cannot move funds around. That the donors, uh, you know, if, if it's a donor fund, they right. give it for some reason and they don't want you to pay salaries out of it. Yeah, sure. Um, what, um, one example, it seems to me, that is counter to his argument is uh, the same week, last week, um, Udolf announced that the university will take money out of the reserve funds to pay for Cal grants mm -hmm. for students, mm -hmm. uh, uh, millions of dollars. Yeah, they also took a million dollars out of the reserve fund to pay for security for Michelle Obama to speak at UC Merced for graduation. Yeah, that so, cost a million bucks. Right, it was over a million dollars. Um, UC Merced could only raise 130000 and UC covered the rest by going into this unrestricted reserve fund. They have... Un, un, there are some that are restricted, but this $4.5 billion is unrestricted. How do you know it's unrestricted? It, it says so, and their own their records show it. Their yeah. own records. And I think that they are talking, they are using this as a decoy. They are talking about a specific donations because um, if, um, if they are um, receiving a donation for a specific project, that is restricted. That's true. It yeah. is true. Mm -hmm. It is restricted. But that, that is not the funds of what we are talking about. We are talking about a reserve that they have, and it is specifically for uh, rainy days like this. It's and, a discretionary fund. It's, discre mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's discretionary. It's unrestricted, and they can use it um, any way they want to. Um, but uh, instead of accepting that they have this and that they can use it because they don't want to use it, 
they are uh, talking uh, uh, about these restricted funds that are the donations, and we are not talking about that. It's a different thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's why when I ask uh, um, Chancellor Drake about what not using the reserve, he went and talked about the um, uh, donation funds, and that wasn't what I was talking about. I don't know if he knows about it. Um, <laughs> or, or well, I'm sure he has reserve <laughs> funds also. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it is that he just wanted to use it in order to justify President Yurov. I mean, I, I know that this is not uh, Chancellor Drake um, uh, autonomous. Uh, um, I mean, it's not him the one who decide if they use the, the reserve or not. Right, it is President Yurov and UCOP the one who made the decision. Um, he just have to. Um, I mean, Dr. Drake only have to follow the plan. So I think that the idea here is that President Yurov um, be consistent with the with the quality of service for the students and patients, and use that fund to ease off the budget. Uh, Yurov kind of responded to the union. Um, complaints about this uh, a few weeks ago in the register and he said that uh, what do you think this uh, in an article I think Gary Robbins wrote uh, what do you think this is a, you know one year thing no it's a it's a multi-year thing mm -hmm. and this is a rainy day that's going to last for a while and he he's they seem to think it's going to take four to six years wow see that's one thing that we have not yet heard is an end date for this plan. Exactly. Yeah, no, they said one year, but it doesn't yeah. look like it's going to be. No, well, no, but because I've heard into the second year as well. Now you're saying four to six years. That's yeah, and that was in the register well, quoting Yudoff on yeah. a fri one of the Friday, well, a few Fridays I'll ago. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, because he, they mentioned, uh, there was a Q&A also that um, mm -hmm. the register put out, and they were saying it's four to five, six years, and that the union, res uh, union complaints were about, you know, this this whole issue of reserve money, and he, he was saying, no, no, this is not just this year, hmm. basically. Um, so they um, They're not planning. expecting the state then to recover enough to restore their their funding, is what it sounds like. And they're, they're trying to sh blame it on the state that, that because the state isn't giving us money, then we don't have money. But even though the state portion of their budget is not that much. Right, right. Know, uh, one good thing, though, I think for the people that are listening who are, who are academic employees who are coming up for merit uh, is that the vice chancellor, the provost, mentioned at the, the meeting that, that there will be merit increases for uh, people that are coming up for academic review. Well, unfortunately, they, for the staff, um, they did put a freeze on uh, the merit increases that were supposed to take place, you know, July, from June 30 or July 1st, um, they put a freeze on those of staff. Yeah, on the academic employees, they said that uh, the pay raises that were approved for July 1st would go into effect and also for next year. Yeah, yeah it says the staff merit pool was eliminated and will not be implemented in fiscal year 2009-10. I think the reason they did that for the academic staff was that faculty already demoralized by these pay cuts. Oh, sure. And you know, they, they had no choice. They're not in a union. They can't even talk about it. <laughs> so yeah. they just have to eat it. And so uh, they, they're afraid that more faculty would just leave. You know, yeah. and there's an article in uh, High Ed, I think, 
uh, publication, High Ed or something. It's online. And uh, Vicky Ruiz, it's linked from the UC uh, media site. Uh, you know, you you see in the news kind of thing. Oh, I saw Ru- yeah. Ruiz. Uh, yeah. yeah, Vicky was saying that, uh, you know, <laughs> this is like blood or something. There was like a kind of graphic uh, description of people leaving the humanities uh, division. Right. Yeah. And yeah she's so, lost a lot of people to uh, other private institutions that will yeah, pay more. Yeah, to Penn, to Yale, to other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they pay more. They must, huh? They must. I mean, why would people leave if they don't pay? Exactly. Well, yeah. You know, it used to be that we were all glad to work for UC, even though we didn't make quite the salary because of the benefits. Oh, the benefits, The benefits yeah. are so good. Um, we've also been told that health care is going up, parking is going up, and in April they're uh, planning on instituting the redirect into the uh, retirement program, yet we're going to be taking 4 to 6% pay cut. So I don't see how we're going to have the money to absorb that as well as the contributions. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went to a uh, pre-retirement workshop that the Human Resources was offering a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and they did say that um, the pension is um, guaranteed at the UC system. So, but, but there's a but. (laughs) The health insurance is not. Right. So, so they envision there's a a task force being uh, created now. Uh, loaded with uh, you know you caught people and uh, no workers and right, <laughs> of course. no line mm-hmm. workers and so uh, and the same thing with the commission on the future of UC and there's no line workers obviously right. and so <laughs> and just uh, you know big campus people and uh, UCOP people so they've got and, the retiring medical on the chopping block as well that, well you know, I envision uh, they're going to have a two tier system. Right. So, so they can't workers. cut the people currently, yeah, right. because so there'll the be too new much. So people uh, coming in, yeah. So it'll be like with you know, like with the traffic controllers or whatever they did in the you know outside world, mm-hmm. they cut people's pension, uh, and I don't think they'll cut it totally, but they'll probably uh, restrict, um, cap it at some point, um, mm-hmm. and maybe offer more of these RRAs that are you know alternatives that in the real world outside. Uh, so it looks very bleak. Uh, yes. the future and it'll be easier for them of course to impose it on people that are not here <laughs> so <laughs> since they have no voice right. and um, but it may have a drastic effect on recruitment of course because people mm-hmm. may not want to come and like you were saying the people do come here because of their retirement system and the health benefits and other mm-hmm. you know benefits the whole families come right and housing benefits for this for the higher ups you know and so the yeah. tenured people. Yeah. yeah, it used to be the best, you know, and California was leading in the nation. We used to be in education, and um, I'm, I'm seeing it slip and slip and slip, and this isn't going to help the situation any at all. Do you see, um, uh, in your work, do you see any effect right now on the pay cuts, uh, on the proposed, are the people leaving, or is there, I mean, people being laid off and stuff? Well, we've seen an impact already um it's been happening in the last few years. When someone leaves or retires, they don't replace them. Right. So the people mm-hmm. left behind are stuck with a really high workload. And so it's really increasing the stress of the workers and affecting their health and also the services to um, the students and, and um, other patrons uh, because of this huge amount of workload, yet there's no compensation for it. Yeah, in the uh, in the librarian's contract, we negotiated a provision on workload um, that um, 
doesn't forbid it, but <laughs> says that if they're going to do it, they have to talk to us and they have to put the end date on it. Oh, uh, I would like to So there's to some kind that. of uh, you know restriction. So you can mm-hmm. look at that. Uh, yeah. I think we're up. The UCAFT is updating its website uh, right now, and so the contract provisions and what they signed on are actually posted. Uh, at ucaft.org, I think. Okay, I'd, I'll have um, a look at that. We we just submitted at the table a, a workload article. It would be a new article for us, right? Um, which is on the same lines. You know, the, what we're seeing um, happen is what they call clustering, um, yeah. and that, and so they'll take five different departments that are all biological sciences and throw them together into one. So someone who used to handle thirty or forty mm. um, faculty or and funds are now handling over 100 faculty with over 300 funds. Oh, wow. Yet, uh, so their workload went from, you know, two inches to 10 inches high on their desk, yet they're not getting any more compensation for it, and they're just getting totally stressed out because they can't keep up with it all. Oh, wow. And they're not hiring people, though. If, if you leave or if you retire, they're, right. they're not replacing them. And this especially with the voluntary separation that we had here at Irvine program, those positions are not to be replaced, anyone who takes that program. Exactly. Oh, wow. There's actually, um, I mean, from a management point of view, I think they see it as salary savings. Mm-hmm. So if people leave, they have money uh, left over right. to move around and do whatever they want with it. Yeah, that, that's funny you would say that. That's how uh, UC posed it to us when, when they put it on the agenda. They said, we want to talk about furlough and salary savings. <laughs> so they're not calling it a pay cut. They're calling it salary savings. Exactly. Uh, I guess layoffs are also salary savings. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they don't have to pay the benefits either or the retirement. You, you lose it all if you get laid off. You don't, um, really? Uh, I thought no. if you already worked here and were vested, you could pull in some well, pension. Yeah, it depends on how long you're here, but they're, yeah. they're getting rid of people who haven't been here as long. Yeah. yeah. They're getting yeah. rid of the newer workers. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, this whole thing about, um, I mean, I, I've read somewhere that uh, Harvard also had to uh, lay off 275 workers, including a librarian who did Asian studies, and he, he was, he'd been there 30 years, and he was given one week, uh, 10 days notice. And, uh, and laid yeah, off. That's terrible. Uh, I although I think later they extended the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we've had, um, according to our contract, they have to give us the 30-day notice. But they're, um, they've, they've laid off people who've been here for 25 years, you know. And uh, it's, it's just traumatic to the, somebody who's expecting to retire shortly and then suddenly be laid off. I thought that and they can't lay off people unless the department uh, closes or something, no? I I think not because I've it depends on the contract. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think or the depen- department. Yeah, it depends on the contract and and on, on the department. Um, sometimes there are confusion because uh, um, people think that because they can't implement the pay cut and furloughs, um, people think that they can't implement uh, the layoff. But in reality, they do. They they can't implement the furloughs and pay cut unless they negotiate with us. But they but if we don't agree on that, they they do can implement the the um, layoff, and would they still have to let us know. But but they can impose it. Can they do it? Uh, do they have to do it? to a whole department if it closes or do the, can they do it to individuals they do it to individuals they yeah they have, and, yeah. and we can bargain the effects of the layoff mm-hmm. but not the layoff itself yeah so because that's a, 
academic judgment. Yeah, we can get in our contract. They can get pref rehire, or they can take severance, or you know, there's a couple of options. But uh, that's the only part that we can negotiate. But there's a timeline, right? They have to go through. They have to give you notice, and you can appeal it, or that. Yeah, you can always challenge it, but the the layoff will still occur while you're battling it. Um, right now, because we're in status quo with our contract, it expired um, October 30th. Uh, we don't have arbitration rights. So, oh, so the contract we can only go so far. So the full contract doesn't exist, technically. Yeah. yeah well, it's as as is. It's as is. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. It's as is. Yeah. yeah. So they still have to talk to you because yeah, they do. They can't implement yeah, any changes. Um, no new work rules. Uh, if any Q people are out there listening and someone's trying to implement some new work rules on us, on you, call us so that we can uh, challenge that. Do you prefer the the university or the library or whatever uh, closed for certain days or certain weeks, like over Christmas, you know, before Christmas even? Do you think that makes sense so that everybody can take their furlough or what? I think it does on a, on a, on um, certain times when it's slow in certain departments. Like like the library wants to stay open all the time, but if you look at the volume of people we have coming in, there are certain times where it's very very slow, and it would make sense to close. You know, but other departments are critical. They need to stay open. I know at Berkeley they said at the Regents meeting that the Chancellor of Berkeley said that the libraries were going to close on Saturdays in Berkeley. Yeah, but I think that this is uh, something that it has to do, you know, by, by departments because the, mm. there are differences, sure. uh, you know, what they do. And every union have um, a different... Um, they they have to negotiate separately. Um, for example, right now what uh, Diane is saying is that um, they are negotiating because they have an open contract right now. In our case, Astrid 3299, we already uh, signed and yeah. ratified the contract, and but we still haven't started the process of negotiating the furloughs and pay cut. Uh, we know that we are going to do it uh, very soon, but we haven't started the process yet. Mm-hmm. Technically, you don't have to talk to them, right? I mean, you already have a contract. You don't. There's no reopener on uh, salaries. N- no, but we, we do have to talk to them about the furloughs and, and pay cut. I mean, yeah, we, we, we don't have to, but it, it is a plan. And as a part of our fight for it, we need to sit down and put clear what, what is it that we are willing to go for. And uh, as of right now, our approach is the use of those uh, funds, um, the, the use of the uh, reserve funds, and also the, the executive's uh, pay cut. That is our approach. Yeah, with the librarians, I think it's because we're in mediation right now on salary reopener that... Uh, that's going to even further delay it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's so they had said that if if uh, these things are delayed, it would just start from whenever they agree that next month and then continue for another year. So, so it not starts September in, 1st, yeah, but maybe... October or you know, November, uh-huh. then it will last another year <laughs> beyond. So do, does the university have to negotiate with you since you have a contract? They can't just impose it on you, right? Not the furloughs and the and the pay cut. They they cannot just impose it on us. They right. do have to negotiate uh, with us. And, and Chancellor Deng was clear on that town hall right. meeting that you know that this doesn't affect yet. Doesn't apply. Yeah, yeah. doesn't apply yet because mm-hmm. we have to uh, uh, negotiate. Our contract uh, states that we have to do that. Now, if if 
in terms of the layoff, um, they don't have to negotiate. We can challenge it, as, as you said. But mm -hmm. um, the furloughs, um, uh, pay cut, um, holidays, and all that stuff that they want to do, they, they do have to sit down with us and try to make us agree on it. Yeah, I thought it was, he was pretty clear at the beginning of the meeting. He said that this plan does not apply to unionized workers. And so that was clearer than Udolf was saying, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he was very clear about that. Maybe he didn't want people like you to speak <laughs> at the meeting <laughs> because I know with the emails, he was, they were saying if you were a union person to talk to your union rep. They didn't want people to send emails yeah. in if they were unionized. Our, our campus was more clear on that. Uh, some of the other campuses, um, like Santa Cruz and Santa Barbara, I think it was Santa Barbara, they didn't even mention unions when they sent out their uh, oh, really? announcement about the payload. The oh, so it, they thought it applied to everybody. Mm -hmm. So uh, of the 180,000 employees, they said this supposedly would apply to 160,000, including unions, if they accept it. And... Uh, how many union members are there? I've seen figures from 30% to 40% or... I heard of it was half. Staff. I is heard it was half. Up to half? Yeah. yeah money I, is I half. No, no idea. Yeah. yeah. How many in uh, in Q? Uh, About 14,000 plus. 14,000. Mm -hmm. Wow. And in AFSME, huh? In AFSME, there are uh, 20,000 uh, between service and patient care technicals. Wow. In the entire system. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's already 34,000, right? So. Right. Uh, so that's, well, I that's think the unions make up about half, about half. I, yeah. I was reading something. Yeah. Um, from a, a, a third to a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, wow. So that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, do you feel that if it's going to last another year, see, it seems to me they should be upfront and tell you that instead of just mm -hmm. saying this is just going to last one year, because right now people think it's going to last a year, although he said in the press that it may last four to six years. <laughs> That's just unbelievable. I mean, we're, like I said, we're already way behind our market rate as it is. And for them to con cut us even lower and then to continue it for four or five years down the line is really unconscionable. And I, I hope they don't do that. Yeah. You know, it's I hope we can horrible. stop them. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel that um, the, they can, do you feel the university can just impose it on, on you guys? Well, they, they wouldn't. They would have to. We'd have to go to impasse and then through mediation and fact finding. So it would be a long process before. I mean, we're not anywhere near impasse right now. So um, oh. if they try to force us into that, it's still a long process to go through, as you know, with yeah. AFT. Because they're thinking. Oh, of course, the university always thinks they can push us over. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, is there that's why it's good <laughs> that we unite together. We when we when all the unions join together with the coalition, uh, we're much stronger. Uh, yeah, I know that was your statement at the rally on mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday, that uh, you know together we are stronger. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, do you see evidence of that? More more working together. Yeah, yes. Um, yes. we you know as I told you earlier, we uh, had a meeting with uh, uh, CEO Terry Belmont, and it was a coalition meeting. That's a hospital, uh, the yeah. medical center mm -hmm. CEO? Yes. Okay. Yes. At UC Irvine? At UC Irvine. Uh -huh. Yes. And so, that was coalition? Yeah, it was yes. coalition, and we are trying, you know, we are working together, because, you know, in reality, this affects all of us, and so we are trying to work together, and 
the rally that you uh, that, that you were to last week it was a you know show that we are working together yeah definitely mm -hmm. do you find that uh you want to try to coordinate um a contract uh expirations so that they uh, match each other's contracts <laughs> that will be ideal, but the university will not allow that to happen because if we line up together and we are at the um at the we have the same timeline right it it's going to be really difficult for the university they are going to have to deal with us uh, <laughs> fast and and give us um the um you know a good contract because we are all together and we are going to be doing you know the same kind of actions yeah. will be ideal but i don't think that the university will allow that yeah i think they've staggered our contract expirations on purpose <laughs> for sure uh, we do have i think all our contracts do have this no strike clause right Yes. Uh, they wouldn't agree to it unless we have it. So it's kind of a weakening of the contract, and of course. Yes. Uh, but it only applies during this, during the contract. If yeah. there's no Correct. contract, it doesn't apply. I mean, most most contracts have that clause. Now right? they have, yeah. And uh, um, in, in our case, uh, with the UC um, in the UC system, we have to go through a process, which is a process of you know, uh, negotiation, and then there is an impasse, um, fact-finding, and then a certified impasse, and that is the window in which we can go on a strike. It is not like the contract is uh, expired, now we can go on a strike at any moment. Oh, no. so even, mm -hmm. uh, even we there's have conditions. We to go through our processes because uh, this applied to um, HERA, yeah. Higher Education... Uh, Employment uh, Relations Employment Act. Relations, yes. Employee Employee Relations Act, yeah. Exactly. So it's it's not as simple as let's go on a strike. No, it has to. We have to follow the process, mm -hmm. so in, in good faith, and um, sure. you know, continue until we are on an impasse, and then the windows open for us to either decide to strike or you know go back to negotiations. Do you do you find uh, uh, do you find uh, that uh, one that uh, that you uh, often cannot speak to university people because they think you're representing the union so they don't want to talk to you? Or is it different here on campus? No, it is. I, I mean, I, I talk to, um, you know, when when I, supervisors, obviously, sometimes they don't want to talk to me because they feel like they are dealing directly with me. But, you know, it, it's open. I, I, I talk to everybody, including Chancellor Drake sometimes. You know, so he knew you. Yeah, he knew me. <laughs> I mean, we have had good conversations in the past. I mean, oh, yeah. we, okay. we, he has been um, accessible in the past. He even had um, had meetings with uh, our workers when we have an issue, and I think it's good. I mean, he's very open and very accessible. He knows me, and you know, we oh, that's good. We had mm -hmm. we had conversations with the workers in the past. That's great. Uh, we're coming up to the end of our time. So we had with us the president of the local for uh, Q, Diane Saha, and a lead organizer for ASPE local here at UCI, uh, Juan Castillo. Uh, welcome uh, and uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> welcome you very thank much, you. Dan. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. We'll put this online and uh, you can look for it at the subversity, uh, KUCI.org slash subversity website, the audio later today, hopefully. Uh, Great. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So this was our show on unions uh, responding to the UC plan on cutbacks and furloughs.